0: This is Lewis Art for Boxing Social in association with Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout. Delighted to be joined with former WBO Cruiserweight World Champion, Johnny Nelson, MVE. How's things mate? How are we? We're good, I'm good, we're good, we're good. It's nice to be
1: back down in Bournemouth. Uh, love it every time we come down here. So um so yeah, hope we we're back down again soon. We tra- we're trading out like, sunglasses for woolly hats this time, aren't we? You know what, I actually I actually Chris Bullen Smith he, he switched promotional camp so we could get boxing down here in Bournemouth, what a great move it was. Uh, and now we're, we're, I think it's his third fight in now, and tickets are sold out, you can't get tickets, it could sell tenfold. And uh, and it's a good vibe, it's good to, and we used to, back in the day we used to travel all over the place putting shows on, and to come to Bournemouth and put the, the, the spotlight, the razzmatazz in Bournemouth, it's nice no matter what the weather is. So. Uh, this is why I was kind of, up, I'm, I'm kind of thinking why? Because this is a tough fight that like Chris has got, and 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 if he loses, you know, does it does it halt the progression as he's come back down here again? It's a tough fight. I ain't going to fool you. I'm not going to say he's a done deal. I think why would you pick Master Egg as your first defence for world title? Now I understand for Chris, if you're a world champion, you're going to think I'm the best fight in the world. I'm fighting anybody. I expect to win. Um, and usually the, the playbook is you win a world title, the first defence is the kind of soft touch, second defence is when you're going to do your mandatory, get into the hard one Masterneck is the guy that people, you only fight if you have to fight him um, um, he's a handful, he's come over cock sure of himself, uh, thinking that he's, uh, he's going to go back to Poland as, as, uh, as a world champion at last uh, he'd never been off his feet even uh, when he got stopped on his feet, so this is where this has got to be a career best performance from Chris. And the last two fights have been and have been tough, wearing fights, um, and so I, I I concerned about that. I thought, oh, come, on, come on, give me a gimme, give me give me a soft touch. This ain't no soft touch. So in the same way I'm saying, this is a hard fight for Chris and Smith. It's a fight that's so hard. He's actually if he if he wins, it's going to be such an underrated win. Because people don't realise how much of a big deal this is. This is the best opponent Chris Bill and Smith has been in with. This is the best opponent Tony Bally brought to him into 2015-16. Now this is this is the best opponent out there uh, for, for Chris Bill and Smith. And I thought I've got to give him props. And if and if he pulls it off, I've got to be giving massive props because he'll have, have risen in confidence and stature and self-belief. And so
0: he turns it on, then you know what? Good on him. Is there something that also Chris has to be careful of? Because, as you say, how tough Mastanac is. There's also, after this fight, there is massive, massive potential domestic domestic fights in the pipeline. Richard Reactpole is a name that's talked about. He had a fight sort of three weeks ago, um, Sent sort of called out uh, Bill Smith, said he's going to smoke him, he'd knock him out. Um, is there something that Bill Smith has to be careful of? Because Mastanac, as you said, he's no soft touch at all. And with what potentially could lie over, lie after this, you know, Bill Smith has to be careful that he's not overlooking it.
1: Bill Smith, he now has to assume the responsibility of a champion <coughs> which is as a champion you've got to deal with any oncomer that's had a year, six months, whatever, to prepare for you the responsibility of a champion is you've got to devise a game plan to beat them inside the space you've been given, because you can't be watching every fighter, having a game plan for every fighter because you don't know who you're going to fight next, so i say it was six weeks notice, ten weeks notice that ten weeks to prepare for a man that's been that's been focusing on him because he's a world champion since he's won the world title. So this is the responsibility of a champion. Uh, it's Christmas maturing to tri- accept that responsibility. I think fighting at home is the kind of pressure he wants, needs. He has the size, he has the stature. Uh, he's tough as old boots. Uh, Mastodek is tough as well. So will a good big and beat a good little one? Um, I heard somebody say he's, he, he's uh, the cruiserweight version of um, uh, Vladimir Klitschko. I think he's a good cruiserweight version of Vitali Klitschko. You know, he's strong, he's tough, he's like he's proper on it, and um, and I think this this could
0: make him either shine or be a complete nightmare for him. And with Reactor being the mandatory waiting, also with Boxer, with Sky. Is that in the future an exciting fight? I spoke to Chris yesterday about it, and he was like, you know, he sort of said, "Oh, I beat I beat Brijon two years ago." Um, he said they were bound to meet again, and I'm sure Reapom he might be there on Sunday, eagerly watching it. So there's there excitement for that fight potentially in the future. Yeah, without a doubt, you've got to remember both fighters have matured
1: since they last boxed each other. Both fighters are, are different animals, different mindset. We saw Reapom in in his last fight, and at last he's tending to a hunter. He's going for the he's going for the he's going for the meat. He's going for the going for blood and that was against that opponent so he needs to adopt that against every opponent he opponent gets in with, and in doing that you're going to see a completely different fight with Chris uh, and with, with Richard Riappour, so again, I think it will be just exciting as it was the first time before when they fight, that's if Masterneck doesn't win, because if Masterneck wins I think then he fights Lawrence Okoli um, and Lawrence is back in the picture and you've got to give props to Lawrence Okoli for stepping aside for letting this happen because, in reality, Lawrence had said, nope, it's the rematch, it's me. So Lawrence has stepped aside and done what he's done. So um, you've got to give him
0: props to that. Another thing I did want to touch on is when we talk about Bournemouth there, how nice of an area it is. When we go to places like Bournemouth and Sky goes to places like Wolverhampton and things like that, it isn't just about Bill Smith. It's also the talent on the undercard as well. We see Louis Edmondson here, other fighters on the undercard as well. Um, is it important that there's also that shine towards the undercard? It's not just Bill of Smith?
1: Because, of course, because, and you know, what? yesterday we did a public workout and they had an amateur squad in the in the ring. And getting a chance to show the lines, show what they can do. And, and again, it's about creating opportunities for those behind you creating opportunities for the small hall fighters that, that probably wouldn't get seen wouldn't get spotted hoping to, to, to get the call to be on a show so I think Boxer um and Sky doing this, putting shows on everywhere and anywhere, in the least expected places. It may get scoffed at initially, but in reality, you know, if you're talking about bringing boxing back to grassroots, this is what it's all about. Um, you, you're talking about bringing boxing back to a situation where people see, you know, the talent
0: that they probably wouldn't see. This is this is it. So uh, you're getting what you want. Absolutely. Moving on. Um, speaking speaking to Eamon from seconds out. Uh, Eddie Hearn was talking to him uh, after the after the fight in Belfast. Was talking about a conversation between himself and Drell Miller. Obviously, yourself was in the middle with AJ Miller when they had the face-off. Um, Eddie spoke about the words that him and Miller had, saying Miller said that when he's next in New York, he's going to pull up on him. Um, things like this. What did you make of sort of the whole conversation between the two and the bad blood still being there four years on? Uh, between AJ and Miller A, A, the whole camp's AJ, Miller, Eddie and Eddie, well, I think, Miller v ever I've said it
1: yesterday, i said it before I think, uh, I rate Eddie, Eddie knows boxing he's grown up with boxing folk Eddie was a young man, you know, he'd be in training camp with the likes of Herbie Hyde and Paul Silky Jones, you know, he'd, he'd be sitting down, he'd be lunching with these boys, he'd been in boxing since 11 years old, so if you think that Eddie's just some little posh boy that don't know boxing, he knows boxing, he knows boxing bullshit, he knows when someone's trying to bully, he knows when someone's trying to talk big talk, and we can all talk big talk, it's not very often we, <coughs> we back it up, Eddie might not be able to back it up, but Eddie gave what he was given. And Gerald Miller thinking, shit, there's a difference between Eddie and most of those guys. Eddie will talk the talk, and because he's thinking, yo, we don't have to do that. I think Gerald Miller realized, you know, when he's dropping that on Eddie, he's wasting his breath because Eddie will twist you up and make you look foolish uh, in his response. Um, in regards to AJ and, and Miller, Miller knows uh, AJ... Will not be as much of a trash talker, talker fast talker, uh, in-your-face kind of guy. So Miller was the one dogging AJ, like he dogged Wilder. Wilder was in that press conference. He was cool. He was. He was on point. He was. He was. He proper grew my estimation. I thought, you've grown, man. You've grown. You matured. Whereas AJ, the, the the side to AJ that we saw is actually the side we need to see from AJ because. Uh, he was in a room full of egos just as big as his. Uh that didn't pander to him, uh, as in different promoters of different fighters. So now he's in a room where his back's against the wall, he's now got a hunter's mentality. He's now he's now pissed. Um so and that's what you want from him. That's that this you want. So because that'll transcend into his fight. Uh, AJ's very correct. You know, I know people are sick of hearing this conversation about AJ and you're asking me the question. Um but it, I think yeah, I think it all all pans in AJ's
0: favour in regards to what it's, what character it's bringing out in him. Because that's being said. Because people were talking about, especially when it comes to the one-in fight, there might be some effects with sort of men- mentally for himself. Because ever- everyone always talks. like I said the question about AJ's mental, where is he at? It's it's a question that everybody always asks, and it's such a topic, a to- to- such a topic of conversation all the time. And people were talking about you know. On the twenty third of December, when Wilder's there, when Miller there, they, you know th- it's going to be vocal on Fight Week. That could people are talking about how that. Do you think that that could affect AJ in any way with what you're saying there, or is it a point where he yeah, says it's a, yeah. don't care? Affecting him in a positive way, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, in a positive way. So,
1: so if it, it makes him, you know, retract and think fight or flight mode, good. Because when you're going to fight, you're, you're going to fight differently. You're going to fight more instinctively. You're going to fight with a bit of spite. But fight, so, yes, of course it will affect him, but in a positive way in the long run. So uh, And he might not be comfortable being put in that position, but that's where you need to be to be successful. You need to be uncomfortable. Get used to being uncomfortable. Get used to being in that
0: sort of position. <clears throat> so, to me, I think it's all good. Speaking on the topic of Wilder, he was sort of saying that Eddie doesn 't really want him to fight doesn't really want AJ to fight wilder Eddie could always talk about it but do you feel like perhaps where AJ would want to fight wilder maybe guys in his team would would do you think they might do you think there's been there's evidence the sort of the past few years where it hasn't happened that 's when AJ saw so him steering away from the fight so, so
1: whatever AJ's there's a, the difference in appetite is, is 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 evident with with AJ and the, and the team around him. I'm quite listen, Eddie's a businessman. You know he wants to get longevity out of his fighters in Asia. AJ. AJ's a fighter. AJ wants to fight Wilder. There's no, I don't doubt that for a second. Fighters want to fight each other. Uh, they show there's business and the business side of it. Said no, nah, no, nah, we're trying to. So Eddie, Eddie may just 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 slow time that 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 that. Uh, um, that confrontation between those two fighters because it doesn't suit his agenda uh, but for AJ as far as he's concerned AJ wants to fight so, so fans don't get mixed up saying AJ's running scared of Wilder he ain't. Uh, it doesn't suit the business model of the people promoting but the fighter himself, trust me, wants that fight AJ wants to fight everybody but but sometimes you've got to make this sometimes people are behind saying like, we've got to sometimes lose a battle to win a war so I kind of agree with, with Wilder but don't put this on AJ, that's not AJ you know, that's, 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 that's Eddie and Eddie, you know, he won't say that but come on, you've got to
0: use common sense in that Absolutely. Moving on to another topic, um, I know last week we did touch on the topic of uh, Conor Ben's license as being rejected. Um, speaking to further people about it, doing interviews with further people, um, many people have came out and said that in the history of people failing drug tests, in the history of drug tests, Conor Ben's being treated differently to everyone else. Um, do you think that, that that's the case? That he's, been, he's been the board of treated him unfairly or treated him differently when it compares to other people who failed tests? Conor Ben has decided to be stubborn in regards to his protesting.
1: His innocence. Uh, the board uh, said at the end, you failed two drug tests. If you have evidence, let's see it. You've not shown us evidence that anything that tells makes us want to change our opinion, no matter how much you protest. Uh, and so, when they're saying he's been treated differently than anybody else, because he's saying I didn't do it, but there's two failed tests, so he's sticking to it. Most most people accused of this will say, all right, then you know what? I'm gonna take the ban. I didn't do it, but I'm gonna take the ban. You out of order. where's whereas Connor. Uh, is, is, is continuing this. Personally, I think Connor should just bite the bullet, um, take his ban. It would have been a year into his ban by now. It would be a two, month band, two year ban or whatever. Take his ban and get on with his career. So pride now is affecting his development because now Connor Ben, all you're talking about is, is the drugs. Whereas, whereas Connor Ben's actually a, a, a good, developing young man, a young fighter. But this is now affecting his legacy. He's making it worse. Because it's like it's like paying somebody off when they're trying to sue you just to kill it. You know, there'll be uproar once you pay paid them off. But then you can get on with your career. Connor Ben's dragging this out. no, and So, so he's affecting his own career long term by dragging this out. Because the board is saying, look, this is what we're doing. So unless you prove otherwise, this is what we're sticking to, no matter what you say. I get it. I get it. You didn't do it. As far as you you didn't do it. I get it. Now... I'm telling you now. Not until he's 40 years old, he's gonna look back and think, "Shit, man, I wasted two years of my my career, my development as a fighter, fighting a fight that really sometimes it's better to lose a battle and win a war." And and but this is Conor's show. That's what he wants to do. And and and, and, and listen, 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 I'm a fan of Conor's, you know, but I'm also a fan of boxing. And so unless whatever. Because at the end of the day, if Connor wants you to believe him and ignore the two failed tests, that means the board have got to do that with everybody else. So how does that affect our sport? So so unless, if Connor's got evidence to prove it, show the evidence. Don't tell me you got it. Show the evidence, then done, then move on. Um, but and, and so really, you can't blame the board. You can't blame the public for saying, well, this is the case. You're saying, believe me or your lying eyes. What, what is it to be? So Connor's gotta understand that. So and he understand you listen, I'd be pissed a lot of people in boxing for not standing by him. And I get it. I get it, but you've got to look at the bigger picture. I, I like Connor. You know, I, I big respect for his pops. I like Connor, look, I'm a massive fan of Connor, but at the end of the day,
0: he failed two drug tests. And unless he proves otherwise, nothing changes. As you, with you saying there he you feel like this with this whole situation that's gone on and it being such a topic of conversation causing so much stress on different parties you mentioned in there about Connell look back on his thought and maybe you know, sort of maybe the board her and everyone that and they'll look back once his situation you know done and dusted' they'll be like you know, why did we waste so much time on it
1: that's exactly the point that's the point I'm making and I just think Conhneman you you're a good developing young man and you put bombs on seats you can fire man. Now, I get that. I get that. I put pride on the shelf, man. I think, you know what? Take your licks. You're not getting banned for life. Take the ban and move on. If you ask the body, you say, you know, what? I didn't do it, but I took the ban because I want I, I to fight. I cherish my career. Common sense. And right now, he's a young, fiery man. He's saying, no, I ain't doing that. <clears throat> and again, I'm telling you, when he gets older, he'll think, I wasted a valuable development time
0: in my career. And when further mentioned, Eddie Hearn talked about the sanction under the PBA I know sort of we spoke about before and said that um talked about the board must play the board would place sanctions on that and the board have spoke about placing sanctions on that do you feel like with the the power that Hearn has and the money that's behind Matrim and the shows that they put on in the UK the board would be reluctant because because the board could be reluctant with
1: this is where you're getting mixed up Eddie Eddie is a massive promoter with a massive pull in promoting fighters and promoting boxing He's not boxing, boxing was here before Eddie, boxing will be here after Eddie. Uh, and there, you can put a lot of public pressure on, you know, in regards to hoping the board will end and go the way you want to go. The board also need to understand they were here before Eddie and they'll be here after Eddie. And if they want to exist and, and, and have the respect they, they've had in boxing, even though sometimes it's waivers, they cannot be, um, be seen to be influenced or, or persuaded or cajoled into changing their opinion by any promoter. And so, so again, like you say, if Eddie puts on enough pressure and he's got enough power to make him do that, this will only be to the detriment of a British Boxing model Control, which will be the beginning of the end for them. So they can't. Even if they want to, they can't. Because
0: it sets precedent. Absolutely. Johnny, i trying to say thank you for taking time to speak to me. Always good to catch up with you. Appreciate it. And, yeah, have a good time in this uh, lovely seaside town, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Anytime. Good, man. Thank you. Podcast Network.